Welcome back to Padding the Stats Podcast. I'm Bose, TK with me as always. We also have Chris Milton, father of UGA running back Kendall Milton with us today. Chris, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. I appreciate you guys, though, for reaching out. I really do. But yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll just go ahead and get into it. Um, obviously, Kendall's a freshman at UGA. You know, outside of the injury, he had a pretty good season in my book. What were your thoughts when uh, when he went down with that injury? You know, obviously the parental side kicked in. And um, anytime you see your kid going down in the game, especially in this position, you automatically hit. But when I saw him get up and walk off, I was real optimistic. And when I saw him come out the tent, I was highly optimistic. And at that point, you know, I know that old cliche statement, but it's mind over matter. And, you know, one thing is when you have injuries like that, it impact, it usually impacts your mind more than it does your body. So that's what I was most concerned about him was his mind, how he taking it mentally and emotionally um, and making sure that he was good there. So, you know that that's how we worked through it when we saw when he, when we saw him go down. Yeah, I mean it was. Yeah, that makes sense. It's definitely always scary to see something like that, and like you said, you know the running back position typically going to be the worst injuries. So, um, obviously, you know Kendall was after getting injured and all that stuff uh, didn't get too many carries after that. So, with that being said, what are your uh, kind of what are your expectations for him? and the team going into next year? Uh, we, we come from a family where you you get out of it what you put into it. So, um, you know, coming, right. coming, off of his, coming off of his downtime, uh, we knew that he would have to work himself back into it. So just to see him being able to play in the bowl game, um, finishing his true freshman year, that's a victory for us. Going into this next season, the only expectation, again, is to – get what, get what I deserve. Right. Um, I, it, there was, there was a movie, um, actually a play called Fences. And, um, I actually saw the movie with Denzel Washington. And one of the, one of the right. key things inside of it was, it was talking about his son. His son was talking about, um, give me a dollar. And the dad said, I'm not going to give you anything in this world. Nobody gives you anything. You earn it Th- that way when it's yours. And when they cut you short for it, you can truly demand it because you earned it. And so for him, I don't want him given anything. I want him to work for it. One, because then he understands the value of his work. And two, he knows that he truly deserves it. So that's the expectation to get out of it, get to get every every drop out of it from what he's put in it. That's really what our realistic expectation is. Right. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, I've I've been I've been high on Kendall since since the first time I saw him uh, play at Georgia. I just I like the way he runs. Uh, always real downhill. If he like I, I said this on the last podcast, um, I said if he I mean if he can't get around you, he's gonna go through you. So yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of yeah. his. So, no, and that's one thing that Kendall has been like. Kendall's been like that from day one. He doesn't. He doesn't avoid conflict. Um, and, and honestly, that's the way he takes life, man. He takes life head on as well. With adversity, he doesn't, he doesn't sulk and feel sorry for himself. I mean, obviously, there's an emotional part in the beginning, but he, he moved through it. So his game, honest, honestly, his game mirrors the way that he kind of approaches life and life decisions, to be honest with you. Right. So uh, I, was, I saw on Twitter – uh, I don't know, yesterday, day before, uh, there was a some fake account tweeting that he was going into the, the transfer portal, and I saw you shut that down real quick. No, and, and I mean, at some point it gets ridiculous. Um, it forces you to have conversations that aren't even necessary to begin with. And one of my right. things is, again, I don't, I don't want him having to have conversations that aren't necessary. I don't want him having to field questions that aren't necessary. So, um, you know, as he goes through life, um, especially if God blesses him to play at the next level, he's going to have people around him that's there to protect him. So, you know, why why not continue what we've been doing for his whole life? So, yes, absolutely. We try to protect him from this the stupid noise so that he can pay attention to the task at hand. 
I'll deal. I'll deal. I'll deal. I'll deal with that drama. I'm okay. I have time for it. Right. I'll deal with it. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. So, uh, switching off of Kindle, let's move on to uh, you more personally. So, you're you're a U.S. Air Force veteran. Yes, I served in the Air Force. Yes. Yes, I did. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the Air Force right now. So, thank you for your service. Okay. And thank you for your current service. Good deal. Sir. Where are you stationed? Uh, I'm at Eglin Air Force Base in Florida. Okay, got you, got you. Okay, nice, nice. Yes, sir. Locked up with this one. Uh, so <laughs> you guys right. are from California, right? Yeah, Central California. That's where uh, we currently reside. Yeah. Oh, I got you. So how did how did the whole uh, the whole commitment process go as far as like uh, decided on UGA, you know, with it being across the country and stuff like that? How did how did that uh, come about? I mean, we we handled it the same way we offered, you know, handle offer from Fresno State or USC. It was a, it was truly a vetting process, um, you know, as schools express interest. We understand, you know, one thing, especially when I talk to other kids, um, other families about the recruiting, I think what happens is, you know, these big schools, these big coaches, they contact you and oftentimes you get in awe and you're more impressed right. and brag about the offer. You brag about the offer, but you don't spend as much time digging below the surface to figure out, okay, you're giving me an offer, but what in reality are you truly offering me? And that's one thing that we decided was to look at this from a business decision. So when coaches reach out, when Kirby Smart reach out, when Nick Saban reach out, of course it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this SEC school or this top five school or whatever. So after after the smoke clears and the lights come the lights come back on or go off, whichever way you want to use the analogy, now it's time to say, okay, what do they actually bring to the table? These are my goals. These are these are my where I want to go in life. How do they fit into this piece of the puzzle? And so that's what we did with Georgia. And by the by the eleventh hour, um, Kendall decided that Georgia was more in line with his goals long term and what it took for right. him to get there. So it. It just happened to be across the country uh, to where every game is a road game for us, but um, we support right. him. This was, so, this, this was solely on him. So, you know, so be it. Go, go, go enjoy it and live your life, kid. Yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, that's so, going to be some of the funnest times of his life for sure. So, no, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So, what are your, uh, what are your feelings on this season? Not only for Kendall, but uh, UGA as a whole. Um, I, I, I'm still highly optimistic. Um, what I do understand is I understand that COVID, um, COVID impacted a lot, man. It impacted the preparation. It impacted the maturity aspect because there wasn't an opportunity for preparation and, um, it absolutely impacted us. Um, some teams were able to capitalize on it. Some weren't, won't, um, weren't rather. And so I, I still look at it as a success, man. Kendall had the opportunity to, uh, selfishly, I, I, I mentioned my kid, but he had the opportunity to finish his true freshman year, uh, making an all-SEC freshman team um, with, the, with the shared reps that he did get, even with the sustaining the injury. So that, that, that creates a really good platform so, for him to truly, you know, make his mark, man. So um, in, my, in my eyes towards his professional growth, it was a success. Um, now it's time to get busy. Now it's time to let the world know exactly why you crossed this country to go to UGA next year. So um, for yes, us, we're we're still happy with our decision, our choices. Yeah, I mean, obviously UGA being one of the top programs in the country, so uh, definitely a definitely optimistic outlook going forward for that team. Uh, right. How do and yeah? How do you see it going into next year? Uh, I think uh, Zeus will be leaving after this season, correct? I I don't know. I don't have I don't have any information on that. I know he has the opportunity to, whether he decides to or not. Um, that's that. I don't think you know from the standpoint, and and this is not arrogance at all, but it honestly doesn't matter who's there. Um, the fight is still going to be the same. The, the work ethic is still going to be the same. And again, in missing spring, it impacted some players more than others. 
So with all things considered, with the equal playing field, then it'll it'll just you know the way it ha- the way it ends up is the way it's supposed to end up, and we just wait till you know wait until spring game and the and the season start to see where the where the where the pieces fall. Right. I mean that's a a loaded running back room they have over there in Athens, so it's gonna be fun to watch and right. see how that turns out next season. And absolutely. Uh, so how to. Uh, just kind of moving off of uh, the UGA subject, how do you uh, are you a big college football fan, or are you just more so uh, interested, you know, in your kids playing? You know what? I really focus on um, my kids when Kalam was at Fresno State. Obviously, I was a Fresno State fan when Kendall was here. Is here? I'm a Georgia fan through the through bodies. Um, you end up meeting a lot of kids from across the country. You end up meeting a lot of their families. So I become fans of players. I become fans of families. Um, less, a, less a college football fan, more so a fan of the kids. Uh, so that's that's where I am. It, um, Fresno State was the first college apparel that I that I've ever worn. Georgia is the second. So I don't I don't I'm not you know I'm not that guy. So um, I'm a fan of where my kids are. I got you. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a huge college football fan in general. I mean, obviously, yeah, I root for Miami, but uh, as far as sports go, college football to me, uh, I mean, it's just every week matters more in college football than any other sport. Right, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And and I think that is that is it does make it a lot more interesting. Um, I'll sit down and watch college football on a Saturday more so than I will sit and watch NFL on a Sunday, although I will do both. But I think I am a little bit more invested into college football because it is, like you say, it's a, although although both leagues are leading to something, it just, college football just hits different, right? So I, I can get exactly what you're saying. How do you feel about the, uh, the final matchup between Ohio State and uh, Alabama? <laughs> Alabama's Alabama, man. They, they, whatever's going on in Tuscaloosa, they, they, they do their thing. Um, with Ohio State, um, I respect Coach Day a lot. Um, he's a really good guy. So, on one hand, I'm happy for him and, and really proud to see him really solidify himself as a coach um, in NCAA. But on the other hand, I say part of it is not fair because they didn't play a full schedule like the other teams. So from that aspect, from the political aspect, that's where I sit. But, um, I, you know, go, go ahead, save and get another ring, bring another ring to the conference. That's, that's, that's where so that's where I am for the game. It should be a good game, though. It should be a really good game. I think so as well. Uh, so, so are you a proponent for expanding the playoff, you know, six teams, eight teams, or are you cool with the four? I think it, it would be I think it would be better, uh, better and more interesting to expand it a little bit. Because when you when you truly come down to four and I'm being completely honest, when it comes down to four you it opens the door for more politics. It makes it opens the door for and I think when you create more spots, it gives more opportunity for a lot of those teams, a lot of those underdog teams to get there. Think about this. Think about the Final Four, man. Think about March Madness. Think about how many schools that start off that end up in the in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight that you would like, where the heck did they come from? And nobody knew Gonzaga until you got down to the Final Four, our Elite Eight and Final Four back in the day. Nobody knew Colgate, right, right. until back in until they started getting in. So it allows other schools who don't necessarily have the notoriety to to compete a little bit more to i don't know i just think it'd be better to expand it and let more teams in figure out how not to beat the kids up by um you know you obviously it impacts the season somewhat because that that creates um additional games but you know what when you're a billion dollar entity figure it out right yeah i agree 100 percent with that I mean, I've always kind of been an advocate for the college football playoff, even when, you know, it was just the um, the BCS. But when they did it, I 
I was happy with the four initially, but you know, once you get into it, you kind of see the problems of it. And yeah. you'll have those same problems with eight. You'll be, you know, you instead of arguing who's fifth, you'll be arguing who's ninth. But I think, like you said, it's just going to open up more teams into it. It's going to allow those upsets. And then, you know, you'll see teams sneaking into right. final four and stuff that you just wouldn't normally see up there. And it, I mean, it just makes things more interesting, in my opinion, too. Right, right. What's, uh, just walk us through like a typical game day for you whenever, uh, whenever Kendall's playing. One, one, obviously, it depends on the time of the day. Uh, if it's an evening game, we we usually pregame. Uh, we, we're fans. Uh, we're fans. So we you know we we hook up with friends. We hook up with um, family um, that may be in town or whatever. And we pregame. We enjoy it. And and I think that's where this whole thing gets um, misconstrued. Um, I think people people hold parents to a different standard than what they would hold another fan. I'm a I'm a fan just like you are. I just happen to have a dog in the fight. So you know what I want to I want to tailgate. I want to I want to jump up and down. I want to slap hands. I want to I want to do the same exact thing that you want to do. And I think that gets misconstrued. So I want to tailgate just like you. I want to smoke cigars just like you. I want to have a couple of beverages just like you. <laughs> I want to I, I want to put on some some apparel and and jump up and down and slap hands and. You know, all of that, just like you, you know, so that that's what we do. I don't have any rituals. Um, actually, the only ritual I do have is generally when I fly to games, I usually fly in the same outfit. I do do that. Um, but other than, other than that, man, that's my game day. Pre, pre-gaming. That's it. That's it. That's, it. that's, only, yes, that's the only ritual. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only ritual. Yeah, I don't blame you. Pre-gaming is, is mandatory. That's, I mean, yeah, that that comes with it. That's part of sports, right? Expensive food and cold drinks. That's all you need. That's <laughs> yeah, all get better than that. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, are, is a are you mean you're strictly you know vested in football? Or are there any other sports that you like to get into, or any other teams that you root for outside of uh, you know UGA or Fresno? Whenever uh, Kalan was there. No, I don't. I don't have any other college teams that I root for. Um, Basketball, I watch basketball generally when it gets to the playoffs or the finals, especially now. I think the NBA is so watered down now. Um, I don't watch the NBA a lot until it, in my opinion, until it matters. Same with baseball. I'm not a baseball fan, but I will sit and watch the World Series. I'm the guy that you love to hate because I'm going to, depending on who's playing, is going to depend on who I'm rooting for. I have no, there, and there's no method to my choosing which team it's. It's whoever you're rooting for nine times out of 10, I'm going against the other team. (laughs) We have to make it interesting. We have to make it interesting. And that's the best thing about sports is, is rivalry and, you know, just having a dog in the fight and not always being on the same page as other people. Right. Exactly. And, and the thing is, ideally this thing is supposed to be fun. None of us are out there suiting up in uniform. None of us are, are, are training. None of, none of us are doing that. Right. So why should we take it personal between each one of us? Because you got on a, a red hat and I have on a blue hat with different logos on it. I think that's the stupidest thing in the world. And I'm not trying to disrespect anybody in the process of saying this, but I think a lot of the disrespect that happens under the guise of fandom is, I think it's personally, I think it's horrible. We have enough things in this world, in this country that divide us and create controversies and the very thing that really should bring us together and be the commonality. Why would we make that part of the things that separate us? It's just crazy to me. I don't get it. That's very true. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. percent. I mean, that's like, that's like you're, that's like you're, you're in the, you're in the air force, right? That's like you, that's like you talking trash or going to war against people in the Navy or the army. Although we do know, that when you do get together, right? We do know that they call us fly boys and all. We do know that, right? But there's <laughs> yes, there's still an underlying respect. There's still an underlying respect that you still show for each other. And that's completely lost in sports. And generally the people that are the most disrespectful are the people who didn't have the talent or skill set to be part of the game. Yeah, that's right. very true. 
uh, one of my biggest problems, uh, especially, you know, not just in college football, but, you know, social media in general. Oh, but yeah. you have, you know, people that have never played it down a football or, you know, not necessarily at a high level. And they'll get on and they'll bash a kid for, you know, either not choosing his, you know, his team that he roots for or, or, you know, just for whatever reason it may be transferring, whatever. I mean, it's, it gets yeah. kind of ridiculous on there and you see it a lot. And, you know, as a fan, you get a lot of people that will step up that, you know, give you hope for the fandom, but they're definitely the bad apples yeah. you have in there that you just, they get on social media and they, they start atting kids and, it, you know, it, it gets pretty rough sometimes. And, I, and I'm glad that you mentioned kids. I'm glad that you mentioned kids because people look at these kids at 18, 19, 20 years old and say, oh, they're, they're not kids anymore. They're 18 years old. They're, how many of us were still kids when we were 18 years old? Then you have a kid like Kendall who actually stepped foot on Georgia's campus at 17 years old, clear across country. So you have those outliers as well. And so I think people don't realize that when these, you see these kids on the field and they look humongous. These kids look beastly on the field. But when they take all that stuff off, you realize that, wow, these are kids. This kid actually got a baby face under that helmet, right? These are still people's children. These are still people's children that you are just blatantly disrespect. And then when that person's parent comes back and calls you on it, then you call, then you claim victim or you want to disrespect the parent for taking up for their child. The, the cognitive dissonance that people possess is just is disheartening. And, you know, we, we need to change the narrative. I think that's why I'm so vocal, because I want parents to feel comfortable with championing their kids. I want parents to feel comfortable with being okay, being, you know, being a fan of their kids. People always want to want to yield to LeVar Ball. Well, LeVar Ball was absolutely outspoken. Absolutely he was. He said a lot of stuff that I wouldn't say. But guess what? That man still got all three of his kids to the NBA. That man forced the NBA to change some of their protocol, some of their protocols, and their which allowed high school seniors right now to sign professional contracts right now instead of doing that one year in the NCAA. Levar Ball did do that, so we can't pick and choose what part of people we want to celebrate versus put them down. So that's why I parent the way that I parent, and why I I am 100% an ambassador for my kids. I'm sorry, you got me on yeah, a little rant. A my bad. <laughs> nah, it's all good. No, I mean, it's all it's always good to, you know, have people that are outspoken, especially, you know, you have parents that, you know, may not even have social media, but you have some that are on social media that are scared to, you know, stick up for their kid just because of, you know, what other people might say to them or, you know, whatever. But I mean, it's always good because you have bad apples in every fan base and you're going to get them anywhere. But it's always nice when you have the one person, you know, that has something negative to say, and then you have a slew of fans and parents coming back at them, you know, just let them know, you know, trying to check them, keep them in place. No. And that's why, and that's why I love dog nation. And, and because, you know, <laughs> they know that I, I will absolutely stand up for my kid on social media and I'm going to chop you down when you come at mine. And so it's, it's so cool because, you know, Dog Nation and they inbox and they say, Mr. Milton, hey, don't worry, we got you. We, you got a family now. We'll fight your battles. <laughs> you, you just celebrate Kindle. So that, that is honestly, though, I think I really do thank everyone. Yes, sir. You know, you know, Dog Nation, we we got you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I am absolutely certain of that, and I I, I humbly appreciate that. I want I want that to be known. I really do appreciate that. Yes, sir. But yeah, Mr. Chris, we we really appreciate you coming on, taking time out of your day to, you know, come talk to us about college football and Georgia and everything. We wish you and Kendall, you know, and your family nothing but the best moving forward. Hopefully y'all have a good 2021. Yes, sir. That's the hey, that's the plan. That's the plan. We gotta get a do-over from last year. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> yes, sir. But I I appreciate you guys though for reaching out. I really do.
Yes, sir. And uh, any other time yes, you want to come back on, man, you're more than welcome. Okay, for sure. I definitely remember that. And again, reach out, reach out if you guys ever want to chat, man. I'm here. Absolutely. Yes, uh, sir. Go dogs. Go dogs. Talk to you soon. All right. See you. Yes, sir. All right, bye-bye. All right. Let's move into a little NFL. We're just going to run through some of these playoff games we got coming up and uh, kind of give our predictions on what we see happening. The first game on the slate is going to be the Bills versus the Colts. How do you see that game playing out? Uh, I think the Bills are the hottest team in football right now. Uh, I think I think they'll handle business. I actually think this line is a little too small. Bills are favored by six and a half. I would take I would I would I would take the points on that. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I mean I see the Bills winning this game too. Uh, like you said, they're the hottest team in football right now. Josh Allen is MVP caliber and just don't think the Colts be able to hang with them, but you never know in professional football. There, so. there, there was some talk about Stephon Diggs being injured um, and not playing in this game, but I just saw on Twitter not too long ago a video of him, like, dancing at practice and stuff like that. So hopefully for the Bills' sake, he's, he's good to go because he's vital to what they got going on over there. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. The next matchup, which I think is pretty solid matchup, you got the Rams uh, going up against the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm. It it really just depends which Rams team shows up. To be honest, there's they've been so wildly inconsistent this year. I don't I don't know what to expect from them ever. To be honest, uh, you know they go from one game blowing a team out and then lose to the Jets next the next game. So. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I can comfortably take Seattle in this game, and and yeah, I'm I'm comfortable taking Seattle in this game. Yeah, my obviously my my mind tells me to pick Seattle, so that's what I'm gonna do. I'm taking Seattle in this one as well. I think <laughs> I think they'll win this game. So the next game up, it'll be the last game on Saturday. This will be the Buccaneers versus the losing record Washington football team? Uh, to, to be honest with you, bro, like, I, I think this is actually a good matchup for the Washington football team. Uh, their defense is just, I mean, their defense is elite. Obviously, they have one of the better D-lines in, in the league. Tampa Bay has one of the better O-lines in the league. Uh so I think I think that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, we'll see. Chase Young said he wanted Tom Brady, so we'll see if he gets uh, if he's biting off a little more than he can chew. That's not a guy you want to call out. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, I guess. But I'm I'm definitely taking the Bucks in this one. I just I just I really don't see any way Washington wins this game. I mean, like you said, they do have one of the better fronts uh, defensively, but. I'm I'm just not sold, and it's hard to be sold on a team that seven and nine. Just kind of looking at the teams that they've beat, but, uh, I mean, they beat the Steelers while they were kind of down. Uh, they beat the 49ers. Outside of that, not a whole lot going on in that win column. So I'm going Bucks. To be fair, though. The Washington football team is five and one when Alex Smith starts, and he's getting the start against Tampa Bay. I mean, he's not like he's not what he used to be, obviously, after all the stuff that went on with his leg. But uh, I, I think I'm going to pick Washington, bro. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go off the rails here and pick pick the football team. All right, we should put money on that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I'm not that confident. <laughs> All right, I just I had to check you real quick just to see how confident you were. Uh, all right, so the Sunday matchups, you got the Ravens going up against the Titans in the rematch. Uh, this is this is probably the game I'm looking forward to the most out of all the you know all the, out of all the games. I think this is a game where Baltimore really has something they need to prove because you know they yep. they have a hard time beating Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, I think this is Lamar's chance. I mean, he's 0-2 in the playoffs right now in his career. I think this is kind of his chance to to put that 
narrative, if you will, that he doesn't perform in the playoffs. It's time for him to shut that down. But with that being said, I'm picking the Titans. That's a safe bet. I'm going to go with Baltimore in this one. I think Baltimore, and they have a chip on their shoulder. I think they've been playing pretty well lately. And I think this is the game where they actually get it done and push into the next round. They have been playing well. That is, that is very true. I just don't – nobody nobody right now has an answer for Derrick Henry. I mean, Unless you're yeah. just going to put nine people in the box and just blitz every play. But, I mean, even then, he's still going to gash you sometimes. So, I don't know. We'll see what, uh, what Tannehill can do. I'm kind of – I'm interested to see. This is probably – of the, the first round matchups, this is probably the game that I'm most excited for this one or uh, what I believe is going to be the next one we're talking about. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and assume I was just kind of going in chronological order, but I'm going to assume that you were talking about the Browns versus the Steelers. Okay, yeah. See, I'm looking at I'm looking at the times now and I realize the Saints and the Bears is after that. So let's just go ahead and get that one out the way. All right. This this game won't be competitive. Uh Saints minus eight and a half. I guess. Like, I mean, I, I'd probably take the points on that. Uh I think the other yeah, I, I don't think is this is gonna be close. Ten? Yeah, see yeah. That, that's that's more like it, in my opinion. Right. I mean, just a, like I said on the last one, you know, I think the Bears are one of the worst eight and eight teams in NFL history, and that's saying something. But because <laughs> eight and eight is not a great record, obviously, I'm assuming we're both taking the Saints in this one. I see, I see this being kind of a an easy game for the Saints. I don't see, I don't see. I mean, the the one bright spot that the Bears do have is their defense. So we'll see how that works out for them. But I just, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop, you know, Drew Brees and, and Kamara from scoring. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him being able to, I mean, if the, if the bears have anything, it's a half decent defense. So I don't know. I, I don't think, <clears throat> I think they can stop them, but I don't think they'll stop them enough for them to get out, of get out ahead and maintain that lead. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm taking the Saints probably by two scores. There you go. All right, so we'll get into the the net or the, the last game of the weekend. You got the 11-5 and five Browns going up against the 12-4 and four Steelers. Uh, this, this, one, this one's hard to call for me because, I mean, you saw last week how the Steelers did almost beat the Browns with their, their backups. And so – I don't know, dude. Like, I, I want to pick the Browns just because I don't like the Steelers team. I just don't think that they're a good – I don't think they're as good as their record would indicate. Um, but I, I, I can't safely pick the Browns. Especially, I mean, they're going to have – I think they'll have everybody back, if I'm not mistaken. So, if that's the case, I mean, their defense is pretty insane, too. If they can shut down that run game and make Baker Mayfield beat them, then it's going to be a long day for Cleveland. Um, Ben's out still, isn't he not? I don't think so. Huh. But I, I might be wrong. I, I'm not sure. From what I'm seeing here, it says he's still out. I mean, I haven't seen anything else on it, but this right now, as of this, it says January 6th. So as of January 6th, it says that he's out. Kind of like you said, I mean, even last week with the Steelers, you know, either sitting or having people out, that was a very competitive game. Oh, it was hard to – I'm kind of like you. I want to pick the Browns just for the sake of, you know, them finally making it to the playoffs and you know just kind of wanting them to advance but yeah it'd be kind of cool yeah we'll see i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the steelers not you know what i'm going browns fuck it i'm going browns in this game i think that (laughs) i think that baker mayfield and nick chubb i think they get it done this game and i think they advance the next round i like it i like it so looking at this bracket right here uh just kind of push through and kind of give my my ideal 
scenario here. So the Chiefs get a bye, obviously. They'll play the winner of the Bills and the Colts, which I presumably think will be the Bills. Uh, Steelers versus if we're, we're just we'll just base this solely off of my picks. So Steelers versus Titans on the the bottom. Uh, so that would that would leave Chiefs versus Bills and Steelers versus Titans in the AFC. So those are some damn good games, honestly. Um, I would probably be inclined to pick the Steelers against the Titans, but then again, I. I don't know. I, yeah, I think I would pick the Steelers over the Titans. But that Chiefs-Bills game, that's impossible to pick a winner in. I have no idea. Yeah, that's a really good matchup. Yeah, that that's like the best matchup in the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, it's kind of weird, this bracket. I don't, I don't know why the one and two seed would play in the second round. Um, but that, that's neither here nor there, I guess. So the other side, I'm, it would be NFC side. It would be Packers versus Bears, or not Bears, Saints, and then Seahawks versus probably the Bucks. Even though I picked the Washington Football Team, so I would pick Packers and Seahawks probably. So that would leave the Packers and the Seahawks in the NFC Championship. I would take the Packers in that game, just putting them in the fucking Super Bowl. I don't know, dude. I'm kind of stuck here because I don't know who to pick between the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah, I mean, that's by far – or would be by far the best matchup uh, coming out of that bracket for sure, probably overall. But if I had to take a pick on who the two teams I would put in, I mean, the smart bet is the two one seeds going up against each other. Um, but I could see right. the Bills beating the Chiefs, and if that were Definitely. to happen, you know, I I personally would probably pick the Titans, which I don't have the Titans winning, uh, and and their matchup this weekend. So if if I'm going off of what I what I yes. picked this weekend, then I would have the yeah. Browns playing the Ravens. <laughs> And if that was the case, I would probably take the Ravens, which would put them in the AFC Championship game against the uh, Bills. Which I don't know. I mean, that interesting matchup, I guess, is what I could call it. But the two teams I would, if I were to kind of just add in a little bit of chaos, I would probably say the Bills would go up against probably the Saints if it were to, if the chaos were to happen. Which isn't Saints really I mean even taking the Packers. No, nah, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Cause I went from it would probably be two one seeds playing each other is is the smart pick. And then I turn around and say the two uh two seed picks would be playing each other. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean it's that's just kind of what you're looking at. If I had to pick an underdog to come out of either side, it would probably have, it would have to be um, it would have to be the Bucks. I think the Bucks coming out because I mean that to me that's not necessarily the easiest route as a whole, but if you look at it, they would beat Washington, and then for beating Washington, they would play either Seattle or the Rams, and I think that's a winnable game for them. And then when they get into their matchup, they're more than likely going to play the Green Bay or uh, uh, the Saints. So, again, I still think I think the Saints is a more winnable game for them, but I don't. I really don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't think they can keep up with Green Bay. But I think if they get matched up yeah. in the NFC Championship game against the Saints, I think that's a winnable game for them. Which on the other side, you're more than likely you have either KC or Buffalo coming out in the AFC championship and I don't see the Steelers, the Browns, the Titans or the Ravens beating one of those teams. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is a this is a, a good year uh for the most part. Really on the AFC side of things, I mean, I see there's like three teams in the AFC that I could see 
legitimately see winning at all. I mean, you got Kansas City, Buffalo, obviously. And then I I really think, bro, if the Ravens can get hot, I mean, they've been they've been kind of peaking lately, which is convenient because I mean this is right when you want to peak. But I, I really think the Ravens could surprise some people this year. Like you said, they're playing with that chip on their shoulder. I mean, I did pick the Titans, but I do think I do think the Ravens could could shock some people this year. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I would like to see that honestly. I I mean I like Lamar Jackson and Right. I would like to see him succeed because he just gets a lot of shit from people for, you know, people initially they were oh, he's a running back. Yeah, they were either running back or, you know, whatever they wanted to call him. He's not a true quarterback. He can't throw the ball. I mean, he's playing at the highest level and he's doing pretty well at it a lot of the times. I mean, had a great year last year. Kind of kind of slipped up this season, but I think he's back at it and I mean, it's playoff push time, so I think that they could really make a run, especially with just with the fire that they have under them. I mean, everybody says one. They said they can't beat the Titans, they can't win a playoff game, or Lamar can't for that matter. So I just like to see what that does. Because I mean, you know, the dudes had even since college. You know, people have always had something to say about what he was as a quarterback or what he can't do as a quarterback. So. That's kind of my reasoning behind it. I'm just kind of right. rooting for the one guy that everybody wants to see fail. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Honestly, I mean, like you said, he gets he gets so much shit just for for really just being mobile. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you he's the best thrower of the football in the league or anything, but the dude can sling it when he needs to. I mean, it's not like he literally just can't throw the ball. I mean, his his arm strength, I don't believe has ever been in question as to whether or not he can make the passes and put it, you know, where he needs to put it. But he, you know, he's, he's a run, he's a threat to run the ball back there. So that's something that teams have to account for. And when he is on in the passing game, then it's hard to stop him. His, I think his biggest yeah, downside is, is weapons. What he has as far as, you know, who to throw the ball to. He doesn't have a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, who's his number one receiver? I mean, Hollywood Brown, is that is that his number one receiver? I mean, he's got Des Bryant, but, I mean, he, he's not – he's past his prime, if we're being honest. I mean – Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know, dude. I feel like if you give him uh, – shit, I don't know. Who are some of the premier receivers in the league? D-Hop, you know, a Julio Jones, a Michael Thomas – DK from Seattle. I mean, I feel like if you give him that, that offense is going to be pretty much unstoppable. Right. Outside of Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, the tight end, he really doesn't have anybody. I'm not going to say he doesn't have anybody else to throw to. I mean, we're talking about professional athletes. Like, all these guys are good, but there's a pretty big drop-off in terms of yardage and touchdowns when you get past Brown and uh, Andrews. The next close, I think the next closest uh, in touchdowns is Miles Boykin, and he has, I think, four on the season. So, I mean, right. I don't think he has the weapons that some of these other teams have. And, you know, you talked about Des Bryant. Des Bryant has two touchdowns and 47 yards on the season. What Damn. once was a good I thought you were more than that. <laughs> nah, that's it. But, uh, okay, so here's this is off topic, but, uh, Bleacher Report Gridiron tweeted and said, shout out to them, uh, said Deshaun Watson has quietly broached with teammates the possibility that he may request a trade from the Houston Texans. Please, Deshaun, please request a trade from that organization. They, they have done nothing to help him whatsoever. If anything, they've just done shit to hurt him. Like, I mean, he, that man cannot get help. The offensive line has been trash since he was there. He had one good receiver. They got rid of him. They released Kenny Stills too. They got they got him David Johnson, an old expiring contract. I mean, a, a big expiring contract at that too. I, I just I, I don't know what the thought process is there as far as getting that dude some help. Like he's one of the. I mean, he led the league in passing yards this year with 
the weapons that he had. And that's ridiculously impressive to me. But just imagine if he had, I mean, even if he had D-Hop back or, you know, one of these other receivers that we were just talking about. Or a fucking offensive line for that matter. Right. Yeah. Did you see where J.J. Watt apologized to Deshaun? I think it was actually the last game. Yeah, talking about they wasted one of his years. I mean, yeah. he's exactly right. I mean, he really is. It's not definitely not on J.J. Watt. It's just Houston as an right. organization. But, yeah, I don't, I don't blame Watt, the guy. I don't know if he's – I was just going to say, I don't think – I don't think him being in Houston – it's good. I think that him wanting to get out, I don't blame him for it at all. I mean, I think he would do much better with, you know, one of these other teams that could use him. JJ Watt seems like I don't know if he's just getting the most uh the most media availability or whatever for that team. But he seems to be one of the only people that I've seen from that team that is actually like mad about how the season went. Like he was talking about I, I know you saw that interview couple weeks ago he was talking about if you're not going out there giving 100 percent, then you shouldn't be here and all that shit and now over here i just i feel like he's like a good leader for that team obviously i'm not in the locker room i don't know how it goes but from the outside looking in it seems like uh it seems like he's a good leader for that team no i mean he definitely is it's that, that's just a matter of yeah i mean in those situations you have to you have to cut out the the decay within the locker room these guys have to buy in to what's going on. If he's talking about people not going out and giving it everything they got, then there's clearly uh, problems in that locker room. I mean, losing is frustrating. If you've ever played sports, then you, you know, you know that when you aren't playing well or you don't have a good season, that's one of the most frustrating things you can go through, especially when you're putting in a lot of work. So I don't, I don't, I don't blame him for calling anybody out. I mean, you had to have people like that, but at the same time, you really can't blame a guy like Watson, possibly wanting to leave. You know, I mean, maybe he just he's seen something he doesn't like, or maybe he thinks nothing's going to change, or doesn't see anything progressing, so he's trying to get out of there. But you like to see loyalty. I love seeing, I love seeing loyalty within an organization. That's why. You know, I was such a big Chipper Jones fan, you know, in for the Braves. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, too, so that's kind of easy to to root for. But at the same time, real loyal guy to the, the people that that have done what they, they could for him. But it, it's not – it works both ways. So, it's not always on the players. It's It's got to be on the – it's got to be on the office, too. Yeah, I mean, it's a – let you help me help you type thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like the way that they're treating that situation. Cause I like Deshaun as a quarterback, but they're just doing nothing for him. Nothing that would entice me to stay if I'm in his shoes. Um, but yeah, that that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else on the NFL? No, nah, let's, uh, we can go ahead and push into the NBA. And I'm just going to kind of go through real quick and just go over the conference leaders at this point in time out of the Eastern Conference, the Sixers, 7-1. They're sitting at the top. And then you got a two-way tie between the Magic and the Pacers. Probably not the way we saw that playing out. And then in the Western Conference, you got Phoenix at one. Well, you got Phoenix and L.A. both 6-2. and two. And then uh, up under them, you got L.A. And then, surprisingly, at number four, you got Golden State, who have kind of pushed their way back up. Yeah, shout out, shout out to them. Uh, they're four and four now. The West is looking kind of, kind of eh right now, to be honest. But uh, yeah, this the the Hawks are falling off. That's an unfortunate turn of events. Uh, they're down to four and four as well. But yeah, shout out to the to the Sixers, bro. This is probably the best constructed team that they've had since the whole quote unquote process started. Uh, the Cavs are coming back down to earth. Uh, oh, 
thoughts and prayers to Markel Fultz tore his ACL yesterday, I believe. Uh, so looking forward to seeing how he comes back from that. But yeah, you hate you hate to see any kind of injury like that in sports. Yeah, knee injuries are one of the toughest things to see in really any sport. Yeah, you always hate to see that. Those are those are always kind of scary, and you you never really know how somebody's going to come back from something like that. Yeah, but outside of that, the Rockets suck, bro. <laughs> yeah, they do. They're two and four. I don't I don't know what's going on there. Oh, we haven't even talked about it yet. Bradley Beal dropped sixty and took a L. That's after that. I'm. I'm heading to the front office and I'm saying, hey, I, I need out of here. I, I got to go. That's just, I mean, how do you, how, how does that even happen? I don't know. For some reason, Scott Brooks had him on the bench to, uh, to start the fourth or not the fourth quarter. Actually, I think it was, I don't know, but he was on the bench for like a stupid long time. And then I guess went cold and was kind of, kind of struggled a little bit. You want to know the craziest part about it is he had 60 points and his plus minus was minus nine. That's never good. I don't even know how that happened. I um, couldn't even tell you, honestly. But, I mean, the efficiency was crazy. I mean, he had 60 on 35 shots, seven for 10 from three, 13 or 15 from the line. So, shit, dude. I hate it for him. He needs to get out of there as quick as possible. If he wants to come to Atlanta, that'd be kind of cool too. Um, but yeah, the Heat still struggling a little bit, three and four. The Knicks are back. Are back. I tell you, bro. You, we'll see. Julius Randle is Julius Olajuwon. Okay. The dude is, the dude is a monster. I don't, it might be a contract year or something for him, but He's been I, – I don't know what's going on with him right now, but, yeah, he's he's going fucking crazy. He's got the Knicks up to five and three. They just beat the Jazz yesterday. Good win for them. Uh, Austin Rivers actually iced that game. He had the last 14 points – or 14 straight points in the fourth quarter. But Julius Randle had 30, 16, and seven. Yeah. I mean, come on, bro. He was bully and Rudy Gobert. Try to tell these people, man. Y'all just don't listen. It's It's been bad since Shaq started <laughs> talking shit about Rudy Gobert. The last two days have been rough for him, bro. The man he got, he got bodied by freaking – he got bodied by Jared Allen and then was getting just bullied by freaking Julius Randle for 40 minutes. But, uh, yeah, so the Raptors yeah. – I was just going to say, I mean, Randall's having a great yeah. season so far. He's, what, 23 points per game, seven assists per game. Um, I think he's like 12, right at 12 rebounds per game. So, yeah, very solid. I mean, those start. are like MVP numbers, if we're being honest. No, yeah, I mean, they absolutely are. But, yeah, on to the Raptors. Uh, he'll probably be an all-star. Uh, so... The Raptors are ass, bro. I don't I don't know what the deal is. They're one and six. Uh Pascal Siakam got a bounce back game yesterday. They were playing the Suns. I mean, to be fair, the Suns are a really good team. But I mean, he had 32, 9, and 3, and they lost by eight. So they're one and six. I don't know where they go from here. I mean, I, I feel like they're kind of at the point where you gotta explore a trade for probably Kyle Lowry. Uh, I mean, you've got pretty much everybody else locked up. Just gave Van Vliet an extension, gave OG an extension. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think you either trade Kyle Lowry or let him walk for nothing. So, I mean, there's a, there's a right answer there. But I don't know where I don't know where they go, dude. They're they're really really bad, and it doesn't even make sense. I mean, that that team is always a uh, what's the word? Like a a model contender. for consistency as far as like do what? Oh yeah, um, they're always a contender. 
Yeah, definitely a shaky start. I mean, they have a worse record than the Wizards. <laughs> I mean, they're dead last, or they're they would be dead last if it weren't for the Detroit Pistons. Oh shit! I forgot about the Pistons. Honestly, yeah, the Pistons are terrible too. Um, it's because they live in Detroit. Let's see man. what other teams. Yeah, I don't know of anything good from Detroit. I mean, it's uh, the Trailblazers are struggling too. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're right there with the what's Heat. What's going on there? It's, that's kind of my yeah. I just I don't know. It's it's not shaking out how we thought it would, but it's early. You know, what I mean, you don't know. I mean, it's there's a lot of basketball left to be played. A lot of teams. You, mean, you got you got a lot of off season movement, so a lot to be figured out. Yeah, I mean, we're only six, seven, eight games in the season, so it'll all uh, it'll all shake out. Let's see who plays today. We can give our picks for that. Uh, Spurs, Lakers play today. Who are you taking? Ah, uh, Lakers. Yeah, I'm taking Lakers too. Even um, though, I'm a, even though I'm a Lonnie Walker fan, I'm definitely going to take the Lakers. Ronnie Walker too, bro. He's he's been hooping. And another guy on that team, uh, what's his name? Kelvin Johnson, I think is his name. That man's been going crazy too. But uh, yeah, that, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. So let's see, the Sixers and the Nets play as well. Let's back up to that. Uh, I think this. You're playing the Nets. I, I would. You said the Sixers and the Nets are playing. Yeah. Uh, I probably have to go Sixers on that one. Part uh, That's just me. But I, I wanted to back up to the Lakers game because Caruso is going to be out of that game. Uh, Caldwell Pope's day-to-day, LeBron's day-to-day, AD's day-to-day. So I don't know if they're playing or not. I mean, I haven't seen anything on it. I haven't seen anything. Okay, on okay. That, that's fair. That's hard. I mean, it's hard. To, I mean, if – if LeBron and AD are starting, I'm probably going to go Lakers. I'm definitely going to go Lakers if LeBron and AD are starting. But uh, if they're both out, I think it's a good game. Yeah. If they're both out, I'm taking the Spurs. But that remains to be seen, I suppose. Uh, so you're picking the Sixers in this uh, Sixers next game? Yeah. I think KD is out. Definitely taking the Sixers in. But I just I I just think it's time for them to lose. Uh Cavs and Grizzlies. I'm gonna go with Sexland here, taking Cleveland. Yeah, I think that's a smart pick. I say, I don't know. They're in Memphis. That's not really gonna make a big difference because I don't think many fans can attend these Grizzlies. games. But uh Grizzlies are 0 4 at home this year. So they're due is what I'm hearing. I'm going to go on Grizzlies in that one. It's true. Okay. I like it. I mean, I'm just looking at that Cavs backcourt. They're actually kind of good this year. Got Colin Sexton averaging 25 points a game, which is a massive jump. Uh, Mavericks and Nuggets, two teams that I thought would be better than they have been so far. I'm taking yeah. the Nuggets. Mm. I don't know. Honestly, this is a real close game. Okay, I, just, I just want to point out that Jokic is putting up ridiculous numbers so far this year. He's averaging 24, 12, and 12. Yeah, that's kind of hard to go against, ain't it? Yeah, I'll pick, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick Denver in that. You kind of swayed me on it. I in mean, the last... they, they started out pretty rough. They uh, did. Nah, you're right. They did. They had a rough start. What about the Timberwolves and the Trailblazers um, in Portland? I, I don't think the Timberwolves are good. Uh, I, I don't think Cat is playing either. Um, it's nice to see Anthony Edwards getting getting his his shine of up there in Minnesota. But with that being said, I'm, I'm rolling with the the Trailblazers in this one. Yeah, I would have to do the same. I mean, D'Lo is the leading scorer for Minnesota right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going Trailblazers too. I think 
CJ and uh, and Dame are just going to be too much offensively. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And which Timberwolves are not that good defensively, so right. Which, regardless of record, you have Dame and CJ both producing at a really high, uh, really high. Uh, I don't know what to fucking say. Clip. Yeah, really high clip. Go follow us on Twitter at Padding Stats Pod. You can follow me at B O Z E P T S P. And you can follow TK at TK P T S P. And we'll catch y'all next time. Yer.